1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Do you want to know what happens when wrestling plans go awry? People get pissed off. This is often due to expectations that get thrown out the window and you already know what happens next. The internet melts down. It is a whole thing. Checking this stuff out is important, though. So I am signed for what culture. Remember to listen to your teachers and subscribe. And this is ten wrestling matches that pissed you off straight away. Number ten: Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch at SummerSlam 2021. This was a bit like a two-pronged attack because before it all did go down, we were all so happy. Becky Lynch had returned to the WWE after months away, and she was doing that at the hottest show of the summer. And I think this joy lasted about two minutes. For you see, if you don't know, as Bianca Belair stood in the ring with her women's championship, as we all thought she was going to go on quite the reign, the man shocked us and beat her in around about 10 seconds. It was done for shock value, but it was the exact opposite of what we wanted. Nobody wanted to boo Becky. We all wanted to see Belair thrive. So we took all of that and made sure it fell on the floor. Fans were understandably furious afterwards because it just felt so odd. And last minute, that's mostly because it was... I don't think this was part of any really big plan. Number 9, The Fiend versus Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell 2019. Forget pissing you off straight away, people were furious at this before we even got to the pay-per-view. I mean, what a mess. Nobody thought The Fiend should even be facing Seth Rollins for the Universal title because neither guy needed a loss on their record. WWE knew this too, but still did it and proceeded to come up with an idea that backfired so badly, we had to turn Rollins' heel. In short, he just hit the former Bray Wyatt with everything in his arsenal and when that didn't work he got creative so he found a chair and a toolbox but this enraged fans further because if the whole point of the fiend is that he can't be hurt it doesn't matter if you go get a gun it's pointless the referee of this match didn't think this though and after deciding rollins had gone too far at least in his mind he stopped the thing even though this was in the hell of a cell that's right the whole point of the stipulation is that you can do what you want and we got this Sheesh. The reaction afterwards was horrible, and even Seth spoke about this and essentially said WWE threw him under the bus, and they did. Nobody could have made this work. It was broken before the bell rang. Number eight, Bam Bam Bigelow, The Head Shrinkers, and Bastian Booger versus the four doinks at WWE Survivor Series. You see how I just said the four doinks just then? Well, take that with a pinch of salt, because actually the clown never got in the ring here. He just got four buddies to dress up like him, and they fought on his behalf. Yep, fans were mad instantly. Instead, you just had the bushwhackers and men on a mission in face paint, and my word, this is a farce. It's not so bad for the head shrinkers and booger as the then-WWF never really treated them well, but Bigelow was meant to be a main event dude, or at least that's what he'd been promised. When he was pinned by all four doinks simultaneously, he must have looked up at the lights and thought, what the flub has happened? This is also so over the top as their scooters, turkeys, and a literal banana peel, and I don't know who this was for. Even kids must have facepalmed because it was just so stupid. Do not watch it, ever. Number 7, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa on the 8th of April NXT in 2020. This was not their fault. One month after the world shut down and sent fans home from all arenas, WWE had to keep going to empty venues, and it was horrible. They did what they could, but it was always going to be such a tough ride. So I suppose the annoyance was aimed at the pandemic as opposed to the match, but I don't think anybody had ever thought the last hurrah between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa would happen in a cinematic match in front of nobody. As such, WWE had to think outside the box, so Triple H watched over this as if he was Goro for Mortal Kombat, it was just a bit odd. Bad seems too strong, but you can imagine everyone groaning when this started. Also, seriously, it goes on way too long. I'm not sure what anybody else could have done, but still, looking back now, this is even worse, because you're just reminded what an awful time this was. Number 6, Bill Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 20. Whoops! That is the only way to describe this one, because when the entire arena knows that you've left the company, well, bad things are coming. But yes, at WrestleMania 20, Madison Square Garden knew that both Brock Lesnar and Goldberg had quit WWE, so they booed the hell out of them. And we are talking instantly too, it was a mess. You can see Brock was livid about this, whereas Bill kind of just shrugged it off, but they both came to the same conclusion. If this is how they were going to be treated, they were only going to go at 50%. So they did that made it worse unreal if stone cold steve austin hadn't been the special guest referee there'd be no positives from this and really when you think about it now both these guys made the correct call brock's mental health was shot as he couldn't handle the rigorous nature of the schedule whereas goldberg felt like the powers that be were never going to get behind him properly so why bother he wasn't wrong there's also stories that shane mcmahon was in the audience riling them all up that sums it up really Like a bad car crash. Number five, the Elimination Chamber at December to December 2006. A lot of people say this is one of the worst pay per views ever. So that sums it up. Heyman was pushing for CM Punk, McMahon pushed for Bobby Lashley, and there's only one victor in that one, the boss of the whole company. It meant plans were in constant disarray, and after an awful show, the main event rolled around and fans were done. They did not care. It got worse when their great white hope, CM Punk, was taken out first, and I tell you, that was that. They were annoyed, the booze came, and there was no coming back from this. The justification was Vince wanted the fan favorites out of the way so Lashley could win without any backlash, but just listen to that sentence. That is all kinds of wrong, and man, was that backed up should come as no surprise that before long the revived ecw was no more i mean it had a zombie in it for goodness sake number four triple h versus Vladimir kozlov versus edge versus kind of jeff hardy at wwe survivor series 2008 the stereotypical foreign heel had been handed this spot because he was from russia which wasn't going to fly past the millennium so the heat for this was zero because of course it was this is why jeff hardy was added to the mix before he was taken out after allegedly being found unconscious in his hotel room but google that one so rather than accept this wasn't working we just kept all the smoke and mirrors going halfway through edge arrived courtesy of the then gm vicky guerrero and because we needed something more exciting he won the title after jeff hardy did turn up to help out i mean what is this craziness the ending saved the whole thing but when fans thought it was just going to be triple h versus Kozlov, they went nuts and you can understand why. Number 3, Jeff Hardy versus Sting at TNA Victory Road 2011 This has to go in the sad section of pro wrestling. As mentioned, Jeff Hardy's long-reported issues with drugs was quite well known during this time, although we'd never seen anything like this. For you see, Jeff seemed to have a relapse before his main event against Sting at Victory Road, and yet for some reason, we decided to go forward with it anyway. I'm not sure whether it took management to see Hardy in the ring before realizing this was a terrible idea, but Eric Bischoff quickly flew out, whispered something to Jeff, whispered but something to sting before the icon basically manhandled hardy and held him down for the pin within seconds he was so angry he even agreed with the fans as they chanted that all of this was bs and you could just tell jeff had no idea what was going on it's a horrible situation all around but given the audience had no clue they felt totally hard done by this is wrestling at its lowest then but it's why it's awesome today because jeff seems like he's in a much better place and when it comes to the happiness of a human That's always going to be the most important thing. Number two, Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 28. I will never get this. Even though he was still a bad guy, it was quite clear that fans wanted to see Daniel Bryan beat Sheamus for the world heavyweight title. Probably could have used it to start a face turn, but you know WWE. If that's what everybody wants, let's do the opposite. So after Bryan had kissed then-manager AJ Lee, he turned around, got broad kicked right in the face and lost and bell to bell, I think it went about 18 seconds. This sent fans mad because they could not believe it, and the outcome was essentially the start of the Yes movement that within two years would see Daniel get to the main event and win the WWE title. There is much more to that story, of course, and I suppose without this misstep, it may never have happened, but frustrated wasn't the word. It was as if Vince McMahon enjoyed the chaos and he probably did number one Britt baker versus big at aew all-out 2020 another one that deserves a big asterisk because it happened in the middle of a flipping pandemic this was aew trying to be creative and it not really hitting so you've got to give them credit but yeah i don't think many people are re-watching this it in brit's dental office which was half smart and half difficult as really this didn't come across as genuine which was a shame because at the time baker was totally finding her feet and nailing the character it also kind of stopped swole's momentum as she didn't do much after this which was also sad so yeah just one of those things you draw a line under and move on but considering we are in 2022 now and could even be in 2023 or 2024 when you hear this you don't need to live in the past and everyone today seems to be thriving and that's what matters